think we could turn the light out in the closet. Um, it's the far right switch, I think. Thanks. So again, our practices, even starting with the gong meditation, are designed to interrupt or disrupt our ordinary uh, reactive patterning of mind, or ordinary uh, clinging pattern of mind, fixating on and clinging to this and that and that, and then this worry and then that worry and that worry, to just kind of disrupt it and allow underlying qualities of our basic awareness or our Buddha nature to just naturally emerge. So when, we're, when we know that, we can, we can learn to let it more and more do that, if, if we'd like to. And then when the gong stops, we can just uh, steepen those qualities. Just like with the field of care meditation, just steepen those qualities and let them unify us with them more and more by just letting it be. Then let whatever else comes up just process itself in that basic space of allowing or a simple being. So 
really what I just described is the principle of all the practices that we're doing. <clears throat> they disrupt our some condi- familiar conditioned ways of of being, and then uh, and thereby and do so in a way that's drawing on or helping to evoke or allowing to come forward qualities of our um, deeper awareness. It's that simple. <clears throat> so our, our field of care of meditations have also been uh, operating that way, and they've begun to help us access qualities of warmth and love and openness and deep allowing uh, and accepting, <clears throat> while also knowing that those qualities are, are arising from the depth of our own awareness. So the field of care is, is helping that to happen. And what it's helping to happen is just what I described before. I'll, I'll know, so we can know that those qualities are arising from the depth of our own awareness. No one's giving us those qualities. But by being present in the way, by the field of care being present in the way it is, it's, it's helping to evoke them from our awareness. So that we're learning to take inner refuge with the help of that outer refuge. That's the purpose of the outer refuge. The entire purpose is to help us learn how to take uh, inner refuge. That's its whole purpose. Or from this perspective, that's the purpose of the Buddha's enlightenment. It's just to help us learn how to take uh, deepening inner levels of refuge, like he did. Help us learn to follow in his footsteps. That's why it's called the path, the path he followed. So to know this well, that these qualities are arising from our own awareness through these practices, is to know that these qualities are always available to us. Since their source is in the depth of our mind. So that's another thing that we're learning through the practice is that these qualities are always available to us from within the depth of our, our own mind. That's also what the Buddha learned from this perspective. So in the next meditation called Compassionate Presence to Feelings, which is uh, this one's actually meditation number four. So the one we did last night was meditation number six, I think. Uh, inclusive mode, right? Yeah. Okay, I've got to change that note. So this one is actually meditation number four in your meditation handout. Compassionate presence to feelings. <clears throat> so in this meditation, we're going to draw directly on on uh, qualities of warmth and acceptance and compassion from our underlying awareness. Since these qualities are always available, this is like another technique or method to draw even more directly right upon them, right out of our own awareness. And and in that way then to become a, a kind of a compassionate healing environment for all of our feelings and reactions. So this meditation helps us to become a compassionate environment for all of our feelings. Uh, not only when in formal meditation sessions 
but also within the ordinary activities of our day. So as we familiarize with that, we can learn to, out of familiarity, just click, click back into it um, throughout our day. We can also do that with the field of care meditation, by the way. The two are profoundly complementary. So this compassionate presence meditation can also much further inform and empower the field of care meditation. And some practitioners find this meditation, compassionate presence to feelings, more immediately accessible to them than the field of uh, care meditation. And other practitioners find, I would say actually most others, but find the field of care meditation most immediately uh, accessible once they begin to learn the principle of it and realize what it is and how it works. But different people are different. So. For some people in the room, it's possible that the meditation that I'm about to introduce may be more immediately accessible to you. In any case, however it is, each can much further inform and empower the other if we keep practicing both. Gesundheit. So, when I ask retreatants uh, how they've been socialized to... Oh, by the way, I learned this practice initially from one of my, my root teachers, Sokni Rinpoche, T-S-O-K, Sokni Rinpoche. You find the names of uh, some of my current living teachers in the bibliography of the meditation handout. When you go to the end of it, there's a list of some books you for that are supportive for the practice. And you'll find uh, uh, several of my teachers are, have written things that are in that list. Sogni Rinpoche is prominently a very prominent one of those. So I learned this practice from him. He calls it handshake practice because it's a, a kind of a process of learning as feelings are coming and uh, even visceral feelings of uh, kind of like uh, uh, a friendly greeting. You're like, welcome. It's nice you're here. That sort of thing. So I learned this from him, and, um, and after, when I learned it from him, it was after decades, of, actually, of, of prior practice in Tibetan Buddhist traditions. And this, this practice was really eye-opening for me. And it's drawing in a very subtle way from several different threads of Tibetan Buddhist practice tradition that have to do with, uh, from the Dzogchen tradition of deeply permitting things to process themselves in a way that begins to reveal their deep nature of emptiness and, uh, and lucidity. So Dzogchen tradition and its immediacy, and also uh, Kagyu Mahamudra tradition, particularly with regard to the practices of the subtle body, meaning a subtle dimension of, a kind of a subtle dimension of our being that's kind of the intersection of, uh, it's a little bit prior to uh, how we experience physical body and uh, full-blown emotion, there's a kind of a subtle energetic level to our body-mind that's called subtle body with subtle energies in it, which are called prana in Sanskrit or chi in Chinese or lung in Tibetan. And it's learning to begin to uh, help the subtle energies of that subtle dimension of our of our body to help uh, to come into a freer flow. 
So he's like drawing on all this background, but in this very, very simple uh, kind of practice. <coughs> so first, just this, to, again, to give a little bit more uh, background for it, when, when I ask retreatants uh, how they've been socialized to relate to their emotions in, uh, within their families and schools, workplaces, and within society at large, how have you been socialized or conditioned in those settings to, uh, to relate to your emotions? How are you supposed to be relating to your emotions? Um, just for efficiency, I'll just say it, because it always comes out about the same. Uh, and, and that is, uh, most say that they've been told to do one or more of these things, to ignore their emotions, to pretend they don't have the emotions, uh, perhaps always, always look happy and pretend that you're not, you're, you're not experiencing uh, emotions, other emotions, to suppress them or to always try to control and manage them. Those basic, uh, those basic forms of socialization are, are very most common. So to ignore our emotions, uh, to pretend that we don't have them, especially with others in many contexts, within family, within our workplace, whatever, to suppress them as best we can, kind of shove them down, or to always try to control and manage them, which is also implied in a, in a heavily psychotherapeutic uh, culture that are to be controlled and managed, and also in schools, how to help students manage their emotions, control their emotions. Um, but the problem is that the emotions, when we uh, relate to them in, in any of these ways, they tend to get stronger over time and return stronger over time. And they tend to, to cause increasingly our body and energy and mind to constrict and tighten up as we shove them down or suppress or ignore them or constantly try to get control over them. Uh, our body and mind tend to tighten up and constrict. And that can often generate chronic pain within the body. It starts to manifest as chronic pain. Um, and also it obstructs our, our our capacities for just a, more, a, a very natural, free-flowing, uh, greater uh, kindness, warmth, simplicity of presence. We're too tightened up to allow that, that flow of compassionate or loving energy or more connection. Too caught up. So in a sense, we're are the ways that we've that that many of us have been intensively conditioned and socialized to relate to our emotions continually is obstructing the capacities of our Buddha nature. So then on the other hand, there's there's also the viewpoint, which is also very much part of our society, that we should just act out our volatile emotions. Our emotions are good, and we, we're right to just fully identify with them, our, especially our volatile emotions, um, like anger and frustration and so forth. 
we're right to be, to, to, to be fully identified with those emotions. No question or, or qualm about that. Uh, it's wrong to suppress or avoid, or avoid them. We should just totally be them. Uh, but in that, and, and in that way, we keep getting caught up in them and reacting to everything from them. And, and often may be are so socialized to justify that. That's perfectly right. That's the good way to be. That's justice, even. Uh, the problem is that as we get more and more caught up in our emotions, identified with them, and increasingly react to everything and everyone from them, we lose our agency to them. So our freedom, our freedom to discern the fuller reality of everyone and everything beyond our own uh, immediate reactions to them and to become more compassionately present to them all is lost. So is that sort of clear? I just set up a dilemma here. It, seems, it, it can seem the way that we're socialized in modern societies that we only have two basic options to ignore, suppress, control, manage, struggle with uh, our, our emotions or just totally identify with, get be stronger and stronger in the habit of completely caught up in them, reacting to everyone and everything from them and then we can't see any more in anybody, including ourselves, than that. That's kind of a dilemma, isn't it? It seems like there are only two options. There are suppress and deny or get caught up in and lose more of the reality that, might, that could be here or that is here, really. So the field of care meditation actually provided a third option and the compassionate presence to feelings meditation that we're about to enter into really makes the, 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 the fact that there's a third option here beyond those two, very uh, clear. And that third, that third way of being with emotions, this third option, is beyond suppressing or getting caught up in them, is a way to be with emotions in which we become uh, directly a compassionate holding environment for them all. This third way of being with emotions is to learn to, to become, in a very direct way, a compassionate holding environment for them as they arise. You see how different that is? And we've already been learning that with the field of care meditation. Like this CP, I call it CPF, Compassion Presence to Feelings. So it's just too long to say Compassion Presence to Feelings. So the, that's what it is. It's kind of becoming Compassion Presence to Feelings. It's too long to say. So can I just call it CPF? Is that okay? Sorry. So this, this, we learn in the, we've been learning this in the field of care practice, the FOC practice. <laughs> and I, I mean, that's the way I, in the other teachers that I teach with, that's what we call it. It's too long to say all this. So in FOC, what about this? Yeah, yeah but CPF, it's this way. You know. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, So in this uh, compassionate presence kind of practice, um, by providing this kind of a compassionate holding environment for all our feelings, I mean, it's a real learning process because it, 
what I, the reason I said what I just said is it runs directly counter for many of us to all of our socialization, all of it. It is directly counter to it. And so it's a real learning. It's also, it is a kind of mindfulness, which is also something that runs counter to our socialization by and large. To be mindful is not how we're socialized by and large in modern societies, but this is a kind of mindfulness, but one with an enormously compassionate uh, kind of uh, tone to it, informed also by these Tibetan traditions I mentioned. So it runs so directly counter to how we've been socialized that it really takes a bit of practice and repetition to realize, oh, this is actually quite doable. This is a lot simpler than trying to suppress or deny or push away or just getting completely caught up in and endlessly reactive and then trying to justify that as if that's the best way for the whole world to be. This is a lot simpler and it allows us then to get more, much more in touch with much more of the reality here, including more of the nature of our, of our emotions and what they know and what they can show us and also how they've been utterly kind of caught up and distorted and hiding much of the reality. But not only that, but also they, they know things too. All that, all of that. Much more of that can reveal itself in the space that's permitted for them to reveal that more and more. But we haven't known how to provide them this kind of a safe, welcoming space for them to reveal more and more of what they know, of what their, of what their nature is or deep nature and also of how caught up they've been and how much they've been hiding as well. Is that sort of clear? So in this process, we, we become a holding environment in a very direct way for our feelings, which helps them begin to feel much more safe here with us. I mean, but it takes time for our feelings and the associated senses of self or parts of ourself associated with them to learn to trust us. Because up until now they couldn't. Because we've been socialized to suppress or deny or ignore or push down or manage or control, even not really fully knowing our emotions. We're going to control, I'm going to manage them. I, I know their names, so now I can control and manage them. But we don't really know them on their own terms. We've never allowed them the kind of space to reveal more of, of themselves. So not even knowing that I'm going to manage, I'm going to control you, I'm going to push you down, I'm going to shove you out, I'm going to fear you, I don't want you, has, has been our reaction to our emotions. Or, yes, yes, come, now I'm you. Now I'm just, this is right, this is right. You know, light armor, I mean, <laughs> sorry. Some reason my kids are coming to mind now. <laughs> I could sort of talk with them this way, and they'd really get it. I mean, they'd really laugh. <laughs> Anyhow, so, um, so the, becoming a holding environment like this becomes a place for emotional feelings to actually, when they begin, when they, it takes us repetition of practice for, the, for our emotional feelings and the senses of self that, that they're embedded with uh, 
to trust us. That when they show up, we're not just going to try to shove them down. And they're also inviting us to identify with them so they can keep feeding on themselves. And it takes time for them to trust the fact that we're not, as we become a holding environment for them, like in the field of care, that we're not accepting their invitation to fully identify with them. But that doesn't mean that we're going to shove them, push them down, or suppress them. That we're offering a third way here for them to be with us. That we have not known how to offer them and that therefore they have not experienced before. We're beginning to learn it in field of care, but now even more with the CPF. So it takes time for our emotions, in a sense, to trust us enough to realize, wow, he, he really means it. it it's, he's allowed, he, I'm fully allowed to be here. Um... I'm, I'm basically welcome to be here. This fear or frustration or anxiety or whatever it is, or it could be a happy feeling too, any feeling. Fully allowed to be here, but he's not being sucked into me. But he's, a whole, he's being a holding environment that's spaciously, completely uh, <clears throat> a welcome space. Welcome to be here. Like a greeting a friend at the door. Welcome. Come in. And then like a, uh, like a, like a mature friend with a friend and not imposing yourself on them. Just here. Make yourself at home. It's really, li- it's exactly like that actually. That's what that becoming that holding environment is like. It's exactly like a friend with a friend. And if it's a troubled feeling, then a friend with a troubled friend. Uh, Welcome. Um, Just quietly being with, not demanding anything of that feeling of that friend. Just providing an an unconditional environment for that friend to begin to hear uh, their own voice and begin to uh, settle in their own time and process themselves in their own way. Just a space for them to do that. Just like if this is trouble feeling, like with a troubled friend. Have you ever been with a troubled friend when you were in a relatively mature state of mind, I mean? No, (laughs) I love that. or someone was with you when you were feeling troubled, who's in that moment at least was a fairly mature sort of person, so not imposing anything on you. And somehow your own, you, you could, your, your troubledness could begin to process itself because they were just listening. The quality of their listening was so good. It, it gave you the space, the space of welcome to let things process themselves. Has anyone ever, when you were troubled, someone was with you that way, or, or you were that with someone else who's troubled? Like that. It's exactly like that, actually. <clears throat> so that can be a touchstone for learning the practice. Being with a feeling, and if it's a troubled feeling, just like that. 
just, just being a holding environment that provides a kind of a gently welcoming space for the feeling to just process itself. So you're not identified with it. You're not caught up in it because you're a holding environment for it, like the field of care helped us to become. And you're not oriented at all to suppressing it or trying to change it or remake it in your own terms. Nothing. Nothing at all. No agenda. Other than just letting it find its own way of processing itself in its own time, that's all. Then things can really start to deepen. And it can become really profoundly healing for our emotional feelings and the, and the subtle energies in subtle dimensions of our body. It can start to clarify, straighten, flow more freely. It can sense a little bit more what emotions know and what they don't know. What they know and also how they've been caught up and needed help, needed this kind of help, needed to feel welcome for a change enough to begin to find their own way of processing themselves. Desperately needed that. Need that from us. We haven't known how to provide that. By and large, many of us. And then things can really start to deepen and clarify more and more. And feelings ultimately begin to reveal their their deep nature, which is emptiness, lucidity, and energy. Radiance. But that takes its own time, and that's their own process. And we don't manage that or control that. We don't even know how to make that happen. This is also a process in that sense of learning how to stop pretending we know more than we do about our feelings. We're also socialized endlessly to pretend we know. We know more about our feelings than we really do. But if we haven't ever learned how to provide this kind of a welcoming space, holding environment for them, then I am, I am pretty certain we don't know them. We mostly don't know them because we don't know them on their own terms, at their own level, at the level of feeling itself, how it feels, how it begins to process itself. We don't know that because we've never provided a space like that. I'm talking about, for, I think for many of us, that's how it is. So with, in addition to everything I said before, I think we've been socialized to pretend we know them more than we do. But this is a way also to, to know them better. To let them show us more. How else could we really know them better? Unless we learn how to let them show us more. So that's always my question at the end of a meditation. What did the, what did the process of the meditation newly show you? Like that. Or a raise for you. And some of you, it may, you may already begin to resonate with the fact that if we were to learn to become this kind of a welcoming holding environment for our feelings, automatically, being that, to whatever degree we are, we are that for others and their feelings, automatically. But if we don't learn that with our own feelings, then automatically we are not that with others despite all, again, of our modernist ideologies about becoming a helpful presence to others and all the ways we study that in our graduate schools and social work and therapy schools, and I'm going to learn how to be an unconditional presence or something like that, but we can't possibly learn that 
unless we learn how to become uh, unconditionally present to our own feelings. And how much of that is part of the curriculum of our uh, schools of healthcare and social work and psychotherapy. I, I think now it's beginning to be actually certain kinds of practices related to this. This is a basic form of mindfulness actually, but it's one that really draws on uh, aspects of subtle body energy and uh, uh, really deepening powers of compassion. But it is a form of mindfulness and that the mindfulness is being introduced into these settings, but it's still not the dominant ethos of what you do with your emotions while in these settings. So <laughs> the dominant ethos still, when you learn to become a doctor or a nurse or whatever it is, I'm told by them, is uh, to basically suppress your feelings so you can be professional, but then be, be as unconditional presence as you can to your patients. So how does, there's a contradiction there. Sorry. Okay, anyhow. So there are four basic principles of CPF. Okay? So you, be grateful, it's not three, it's four this time. It's different. I'm growing and learning. <laughs> so the first is, like in field of care meditation, the noticing whatever the feeling is within, within our, that whatever state of our body or mind, noticing the feeling. And what I mean by feeling here is emotional feelings and sensations and also uh, physical, uh, physical feelings and sensations. Basically that. So first, just noticing the feeling. We're going to start with noticing a sensation anywhere within the body and then from there we'll move to noticing whatever emotional feeling is uh, that you're experiencing right now within your body, noticing that within your body. So just the first principle then is just noticing the feeling. The second principle is just is deeply allowing it. Now that's what runs counter to our socialization, is deeply allowing it, that is letting the feeling have all the space it needs to find its own place and its own time. So deeply allowing is the second. The third is just resting with the feeling or resting within it. And then the fourth principle is just letting everything be. So again, it's kind of a practice of not doing. So just allowing the feeling to process itself or metabolize itself in its own time. Just letting everything be. And we're going to begin in the body. So right at the start, I need to say, if you have a strong pain in your, somewhere in your body, like some of us have chronic pain, don't, do not start with that, because we need to learn the practice before we can apply it to more difficult kinds of feelings. So don't start with a chronic pain in your body, but just start by uh, turning your attention to anywhere else in your body and the sensation there in that part, in that part of your body. You, you know, one part of your foot on the floor or your thigh on, the, on your seat or your hand on your lap or just the sensation there in your body, okay? And then we'll turn to... Uh, 
But then after we have learned that, then we can apply this practice also to our reactions to, uh, to more pain of body and emotion. But that, that's not the way to begin to learn the practice. And then after, the, we turn, after uh, focusing on the body, then we turn our attention to whatever emotional feeling we're feeling right now from within the body, just how it's feeling. Not mainly trying to think about it from on high, like from our head now, thinking about the feelings, but more settling into the level of the feeling itself and how it's feeling and how you feel it in your body. So at that stage of the practice, sometimes people say, well, I'm really settled in meditation. I don't feel anything. But uh, I would disagree with that, actually. There's all kinds of subtle emotional feelings that are happening all the time. Even just uh, uh, wanting things to be a little different. Liking or not liking how things are or feel right now. Uh, feeling slightly worried or anxious. Feeling slightly frustrated. Feeling slightly confused. Uh, a little bit of wanting something different or more. Not wanting. Those are all emotional feelings. So there's always something here. Or someone might say, I just feel numb, but then that's, that's a feeling. So then you can practice with that. And others may feel more frustration, annoyance, something quite more easy to identify. Or happy. Any of these feelings. Okay? Okay, so you can sort of stretch in our own place if you'd like. kind of learn how to stretch by watching how people stretch. (laughs) Okay. So just kind of sitting in a relaxed way. Eyes can be gazing gently downward. If that if that works for you. And then you just come down from the thinking mind into the body. And just let the breath settle into its own natural flow while breathing from the abdomen. And now notice the physical sensation in any part of your body. Pick one part and notice the physical sensation there. And becoming aware of it in a deeply allowing way. This may be a different way than you're used to being with physical sensations. It's a learning. Just becoming aware of it in a deeply allowing way. 
but totally allows it without trying to change it at all. Just letting it have all the space it needs to find its own way of being, this sensation. And if another physical sensation replaces that one at the same place, then just become aware of that sensation in the same fully accepting, allowing, spacious way. And you might already notice this is a very different kind of experience of the feeling. And now from within your body, just sense whatever emotional feeling is present within you now. Not just thinking about it, but sensing how it feels from within your body. And it may be a subtle emotional feeling that's not obvious at first, like a little bit of anxiety or worry or liking or disliking a little how things are or a feeling of trying to hold on, or feeling a little frustrated, whatever it is, or happy. Or it might be a stronger feeling. And just become aware of that feeling within you, really from within your body with a sense of deep permission for it, just fully allowing it to be here. Or if you need to, you can also bring to mind an emotional feeling you're very familiar with, if you need that. But then just aware of it with a sense of deep permission for it to be here. Letting it have all the space it needs to find its own place.
in a gently welcoming way. So you're not enmeshed in it, you're not rejecting it, you're not trying to solve it. You're not ruminating about why it's here. Just being like a friend, quietly present to a friend. Just letting the feeling have all the space it needs to find its own place and process itself in its own time, in its own way. Just letting it process itself in its own time, in its own way. Trusting it to know how to do that. And one feeling may open into another feeling or further feeling. And then just be with whatever feeling is prominent for you in the same spacious, accepting way. They're welcome to be here. As you learn to trust the feelings to process themselves in this welcoming space, they're learning to trust you, that you'll let them. Whatever feeling emerges and becomes prominent, just letting it have all the space it needs. 
to find its own place and process itself in its own way. Just resting with or right within the feeling. If reaction comes up of having difficulty with this practice, try to just notice the feeling within that reaction, the emotional feeling of it, and then become compassionately aware of that feeling in the same spacious way. Letting it have the space it needs to process itself in its own way. If your mind starts to wander into chains of thinking, try to notice the, the feeling associated with that thought process and become present to that feeling in the same compassionate way. Just letting it have all the space it needs to find its own way. And as the practice deepens, you may find your mind resting right in the essence of a feeling, 
which may open into a space of deep warmth and calm and peace from within it. And if that happens, just relax deeply into that experience of openness and warmth from right within the feeling. And just let everything be. You cannot let the resonance of the practice continue or can continue to to be this kind of holding environment for your feelings. If you'd like. Again, I know uh, lots of challenges to learning a new practice for those of you that this is new to, or uh, so lots of things probably were happening. But to zero in for a moment, for those of you who may have had even just a moments when you felt like you were beginning to settle into this instruction of just allowing there to be this, a space for the emotional feeling to begin to find its own place, begin to process itself. When that began to happen, did you feel a kind of a shift in, your, in the way you were experiencing the feeling? Did you feel a shift in the way you were experiencing the feeling when you became present to it in that way? And if so, how would you describe that shift in your experience in a word or a phrase or a sentence? Uh, yeah. Felt safe. Felt safe, so I'll repeat it. Acknowledgement and release. Yeah. Surprised that the feeling was harmless. Surprised that the feeling was harmless. Or maybe you could say 
surprised that the feeling was essentially harmless. Yeah. Quiet, spongy. Okay, fine. Yeah. Simplicity. Simplicity. Yeah. Of letting the storyline drop. Not hard. Simplicity of letting the storyline drop. Just being with the emotion. Just being with the emotion. The simplicity of that. Uh, shift into simplicity. Uh, yeah. Revealing of what was unseen. Revealing of what was unseen. Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, teasing apart uh, physiological feelings from the emotion of it. I didn't notice that they were Distinguishing emotional feelings from the physical sensation yeah. of them. Yeah. Shifting from fear to being seen and being seen and little Shifting from fear to a sense of being seen and even a little welcome. So what what is feeling seen and welcome? It was anxiety. Sorry? It was anxiety. So it was the emotional feeling itself, which in this case was anxiety felt seen and uh, even a little welcome. So that's not the standard way that we tend to experience anxiety. It's kind of radically different. And from the perspective of this tradition of practice, the anxiety and the sense of self associated with it really appreciate this. They've been waiting for us to learn this. It's been hard for them. That's why they keep coming back stronger and stronger. They're waiting for us to learn how to be with them. We haven't known, many of us. They were kind of hoping we would learn something different than the way we've been with them. Uh, yeah, then in the back. Such, such kindness and compassion in, in dark places that have not felt kindness and compassion. Such kindness and compassion yeah. within, within dark places that have never known such kindness and compassion. And, and the feeling is, was tightness. And the feeling in this case was a kind of tightness. Right. Any others? Yeah. I just wanted to share something newly noticed. Uh, is this going to be more than a sentence? Not too much. I mean, it can be, but then we need the mic. The yeah. sense of it being um, refuge, creating a space of refuge, ah. and that going into the background, but sort of letting my feelings rest in this beautiful, radiant space where they felt held. 
So some of the language you've been using in this retreat has been very helpful in sort of framing and then feeling the field of care, supporting my practice doing this. So beginning to feel a kind of a shift happened in which there's a sense of a kind of a field of refuge that's, that's uh, holding the feeling, kind of profound holding environment, which is one with the kind of the background or ground of basic spacious, spaciousness and awareness uh, that can hold everything. And with the field of care. Or kind of the spirit of these practices kind of coming together within this practice. Anything else? How would you describe that shift in a phrase or sentence? Yep. Well, initially, I felt weariness. So, the, the feeling was saying, yeah. you sure? <laughs> really? So initially, initially, actually, the feeling was feeling weariness. Yeah. So the, the feeling was sort of saying, are you sure about this? Is this really how you're going to be with me? <laughs> yeah. Like that, right? Yeah. Great. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, are you are you sure you're really going to be like this with me? Yeah. You know, you've never been like this with me. <laughs> uh, and that's why, the, at, at some point during the meditation, I was saying, as 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 we learn to trust that the feeling can process itself by deeply allowing it, kind of gently welcoming it in a spacious way, as we learn to trust it in that way, it is also at the same time learning to trust us that we can let it. So it's a, it's a tutorial in, in a, a process, a learning process of mutual trust. It's not just given. Our speaking from this kind of perspective, and this, by the way, is the way that Sogni Rinpoche often speaks. Um, but I think I've kind of internalized it, so it's also my voice. Uh, our feelings and the senses of self in them don't have, don't have an experience that they can trust us. Because our only posture toward them, many of us, as we've been socialized, is to suppress, deny, ignore, or endlessly try to manage or control them, even in the name of spiritual practice, the Dharma, mindfulness itself. I'm going to do this, and this will change how I experience my feelings. So, Okay, good. Here's a feeling here now. So here's how I'm going to control or manage you. I'm going to apply mindfulness to you. So I'm not, I'm not making fun of these spiritual practices. I'm just saying that this is a subtle dimension of going astray, which is kind of pervasive for many of us, really, who have practiced for years. So our feelings, by and large, don't have an experience that they can trust us to not try to suppress, deny, manage, or control them endlessly without really knowing them. So this is new for them. I mean, for, for, I think for many of us, it's new for, the, for our feelings. It's like, what? Come on, you don't really mean that. You're not really going to just provide a welcoming space for me. You never do that. <laughs> and they can't trust us until we learn to trust them that if we provide that welcoming space that they can they can come to a point where they can process themselves because now they have the space to do so. They're allowed to be here. 
and we're ni- neither suppressing them or trying to manage them, nor are we identified with them, actually. At least not fully identified. We're becoming a holding environment for them. So it's a learning of all of that at once. And that's why I know at the beginning, if it's new, for those who, for whom it's new, and even for those who have been doing it for a while, it is kind of new to be reintroduced to it. Even for me, as I'm going through it, I was like, whoa, this is really profound, isn't it? You know? <laughs> it's like it's being introduced to me too. Uh, okay, so now we have some hands up. So now we do need the mic. And I guess we need to uh, shift Oh, yeah, take your time, Matthew. So our time is short, but we'll come back and we'll, we'll do this practice again next session and uh, have more time for processing. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.